0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1059 of the Locked on the Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Tuesday evening into Wednesday. And today's podcast will focus on what became an 84-83 to win for the Hawks at Summer League here in Las Vegas on Tuesday, punctuated by the walk-off three by Sharif Cooper. We'll talk about that and that and much more in detail etc. on the podcast today. But first, we'll start away from Summer League a little bit anyway, with some comments from Travis Schlenk that were given to Sarah Spencer of the AJC and Chris Kircher of the Athletic on Tuesday. Um, Schlenk opened up, at least part of this conversation with Sarah and Chris, talking about Kevin Herter and an extension talks, which I thought was pretty interesting on some level. Um, Schlenk revealed that he's talked to Herter's agent and they're going to, quote, get into a deeper dialogue next week, end quote. As I've been saying for a while, extensions for rookie contracts are different, and that that could be signed all the way until the day before the season. So there's no real urgency here. That's still two months away. But, um, and also, um, planning-wise, for this season, the deal is not would not start until the following year. So in terms of the salary cap stuff, luxury tax stuff for this year, that wouldn't be a concern. The other headliner from that comment from Schlenk was, and I quote, our intention is to try to get something done with Kevin for sure. End quote. Obviously, it's good to hear if you're a, her- a Herder believer, as I am. But also something to keep in mind here is that Travis is going to always say something like this in any instance of a player that like this caliber. Similar comments were made about John Collins as well, so I don't want to take that as gospel, and I don't think you should either. I'm sure they will definitely talk and see where things are in the coming days and weeks, but um, that doesn't really make uh, you know. Sort of, I guess I wouldn't beg on that definitely happening because Travis said they want to get it done. That's just kind of what you have to say at this point in time. Also, um, there's a quote in there about the luxury tax, which I have talked about a lot in the last couple of weeks, and this is the latest from Travis um, via that piece from Sarah and Chris. Quote, Certainly Tony's willing to pay the tax if we're going to be a contender. I'm probably more conscious of it than Tony is, to be honest with you. It's my job to manage his money, end quote. So that doesn't tell you much of anything, but again, the party line has always been with wrestler and now with with, with Travis talking about wrestler, that they'll pay the tax if they need to, um, still, I think uh, in that piece, as I'll get into in a second, Travis did mention the larger tax threshold, and I think that probably tells you that they don't want, they don't want to go over it this year, for instance. So that's definitely in mind, and Travis is keeping an eye on that very, very obviously. Um, elsewhere in that piece, uh, Hunter and Akongwu are both on track to their normal recovery times. Um, Hunter for training camp and Akongwu for later on the season. Uh, also, with regard to the roster... Um, We talked about this a little bit earlier and that Travis told 92 on the game that they were going to kind of at least be considering a big man in the near future. But the quote here to Sarah and Chris was that they're going to hold at 14 spots, quote, for a while because they're close to the tax. In fact, Travis even threw out there, they're about about 1.8 million under the tax, which is about right um, from my calculations. But um, they're a little bit light in the front court, he acknowledged, but maybe they'll look to address that in a, quote, non-guaranteed deal, kind of like we did with Solomon Hill last year for that last spot. Um, So... Final thing there is that he said that they're in no rush to make that decision. So for now, as discussed yesterday on the podcast, they could could roll into the season. They could roll into training camp with a non-guaranteed contract or nothing at all in that 15 spot. And we'll just talk about that when it comes. Two more things here before we get to the rest of the podcast. Um, Travis, again, this is before the game on Tuesday, but he said both Jalen Johnson and Sheree Cooper, um, quote, he would anticipate both of them having an opportunity to go to college park and play, but if they come into camp and earn their minutes, they'll have the ability to play with the Hawks as well, end quote. No surprise there at all. As I've been saying for a while, particularly with Sheree Cooper, I think he's going to be in College Park a lot. I think it would not surprise me if Jalen was down there as well a little bit this season. So that isn't a shock to me, but uh, particularly with them playing well in Summer League, just uh, I think it's worth keeping in mind that the roster is pretty chocked full, and that's one of the appeals of having the G League roster and the G League team down on the street, basically, in College Park is that they can go down there and play, get some time on the floor and uh, stay in shape and all that fun stuff. Um, Also, Travis talked about DeLon Wright in glowing terms and talked about how they sort of uh, avoided bidding war with the point guards of free agency by bringing him in. And that also opened the the door to Gorgie Gorgie Jang, which is hard to say, the open the door to Gorgie Jang. But I would definitely encourage you to read the stories from Sarah and Chris for the full context there. Just some interesting stuff that I want to at least highlight that Travis put on the record on Tuesday. Um, all right, before we get to the rest of the podcast, including all of the stuff from the game between the Hawks and the Pacers, a word from our sponsors on the podcast today. And the first of which is Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy to use app. And Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation is, Headspace can really help you feel better if you're overwhelmed. Headspace has three-minute SOS meditation for you. If you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions that their members absolutely swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace has been awesome for me to not only reduce stress, but also help me get some rest, uh, sort of recoup and uh, recharge mentally for the busy schedule that I absolutely have on a daily basis. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. And Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier in Headspace's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Go ahead and check out headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. Today's podcast is also sponsored by the good folks at Built Bar. With Bilt Bar, there are so many delicious flavors that there's always something for everyone, and honestly, it's difficult to pick just one. If you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites, but for me, I have more than one, quite frankly. If you don't know all the Bilt Bar flavors at this point in time, you're absolutely missing out. They have Coconut, they have Cherry barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, German Chocolate, and my personal favorite has to be Cookies and Cream. It's been that way for a long time, but even with my affection for Cookies and Cream, there are other options that are Honestly, just about as good, and really they're fantastic for everyone that enjoys Built Bar. In addition to being extremely tasty, and Built Bar is extremely tasty, they're also very, very healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, the calorie range is 130 to 180, they only have 4 or 5 grams of sugar, and they only have 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all the way across the board, they're all tasty, and they're all healthy. If you order today, they get the grass proper cookie, or the raspberry, or whatever you like, and if you go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you're 15% off your order with Bilt Bar. Use the promo code ON, 15% off at built.com. Okay, before we dive into the game itself, a couple of uh, transactional items having to do with the offseason, summer league, training camp, etc. Um, Johnny Hamilton signed, at least reportedly agreed, to a Exhibit 10 contract with the Hawks, according to Chris Kirchner. And I know it was first reported across the pond in Europe. Um, Hamilton, it looks like, uh, by the Exhibit 10 rules, by the way, is going to be guaranteed somewhere between $5,000 and 50000 in terms of just basically just a, a training camp contract for the most part. Um, the Hawks, by the way, with that deal, get his G League rights but that does not take up a rush spot for the season unless they start to just keep him around. So it's kind of a procedural thing. Often teams will look to add depth for training camp uh, and they'll do so ahead of time. You know, Matt Costello back in the day um, was a name like this that they brought in just for some training camp depth, uh, training camp depth. And also in the front court, having another body is very useful. Hamilton is not really a huge prospect. He's 27 years old for the record. Um, he's a big man. They were always likely to bring in somebody like that, but he played at UT Arlington in college, played in the G league a couple of years ago in 2018, 20- 19, and then played overseas the last two years, sort of in spot duty at Fenerbahce and other places. So, I would be shocked if he made the team, quite frankly. Um, The Hawks do have a roster spot available if he wants to battle for that and also just kind of bank some money to come in for training camp, and we'll uh, hear his name, I'm sure, when we get closer to that unfolding in about six, seven weeks at this point in time. Um, Other thing on the transaction wire is that AJ, AJ Lawson actually joined the Hawks' summer league roster before the game on Tuesday, and ended up playing for Atlanta on Tuesday. He actually signed some sort of deal with Miami before um, Summer League began. then actually actually played with him twice in California Summer League with the Heat at the California Classic last week, but then changed teams mid, midway through here to join the Hawks. A 6'6 guard from South Carolina. I actually, actually played three years there. A fairly interesting guy, honestly, by undrafted standards. He's very, very skinny. About 178 pounds is where he's, is where he's listed right now. That's very, very thin at 6'6". A good athlete for sure. Not very efficient scoring-wise in college, uh, but did average um, 16, 16 points a game as a junior and definitely is a good athlete, and we'll fly around a little bit. We'll talk about him, him later, but he's now on the uh, on the board for the Hawks Summer League roster, and we'll come back to that in a moment. Okay, as for the game itself, um, same starters. and really for the When compared to the first game, a very similar rotation as to who played. It was a nine-man rotation for Atlanta. In this game, and then it became 10 when they played Lawson a few times. So the same nine, uh, it was Cooper Mays, Cooper Purcell, Johnson, and Jordan Bell, and then they went to Admiral Schofield, etc., on the bench. The Hawks actually led again big early. They were it was, as you might remember from a couple days ago, they were actually leading 10-0 in the first game before um, falling short. And then, like the opener, that lead evaporated quickly. Um, Atlanta trailed back actually by two points at the end of the first quarter. Um, they busted open in the second quarter, actually, with a 16-3 run. And then Chris Duarte hit ba- hit, actually hit buzzer beaters in the second second quarter and third quarter. The lottery pick for the Pacers. The Hawks didn't play great in the third quarter, with the exception of three actual <laughs> three triples from Sharif Cooper, who actually made the walk-off, of course, that we'll get into later on. But Sharif shot the ball very well in this game. That allowed them to keep their lead a little bit more. Then the Pacers finally kind of made their run late in the fourth um, 11-0 run early in the fourth I should say and then it kind of was back and forth from there in the final moments uh, Cooper turned it over actually under, under a minute to go on a tough drive and then um, when the the were actually down by two then Mays took a charge though to keep the door open for Atlanta and then on the last possession, it was Mays missing a three with the Pacers trying to save it, sort of a kick out from there to Cooper after a scramble play. And then Trey Young, by the way, as you probably saw on, on Twitter or somewhere else, ran on the floor, kind of amusingly. There's a long review process and all of that stuff. Actually, I wanted to play the audio for you of both Matt Hill, the Hawks' summer league head coach and assistant coach for the regular season team, um, about what he saw on that final play. And then we'll get into what uh, both Joe and Jonathan and Shreve Cooper saw as well. But here is Matt Hill.
1: Yeah, um, really we just wanted to get – a good shot you're we trying to get Sharif uh, on the run downhill to the basket but uh, the second uh, second option was Skyler coming out of the corner so I thought Skylar got a good look um, and you know we told him coming out of the timeout to crash the glass and if you crash you might have somebody open on the perimeter and, and Max made a great play and Jalen made a, a, a big time shot so I thought the execution late
0: um, w- was pretty good. Johnson said that he knew it was going to go in as soon as Sharif shot it, which is always cool to kind of hear a guy say that. And then I want to play the audio from Cooper as well. He said it was sort of a scramble play once Mays missed it, but I will let you hear it in his words. Here is Sharif on the play after he made the game winner.
1: Yeah, it was kind of uh, broken a little bit. Um, I was supposed to, you know, get it downhill. Jay was supposed to get in the middle. Um, I was supposed to either go left or right and try to get something downhill, but it didn't work. Um, The backup option was, you know, to bring up, Um, Sky off the DHO, so he came off. um, He missed, and and after that, was a scramble. Once I seen Max get it, um, just ran to the corner,
0: and God willing,
1: um, the three went in.
0: So there you go. Uh, obviously, the anatomy of a win there for the Hawks. We'll, we will not quite dive into all of the uh, back and forth, but the Atlanta comes back. and a sort of back and forth game and a memorable finish, to be sure. After the break, we'll get into uh, thoughts on the supporting cast, as well as Skylar Mays and Cooper and Johnson. But first, a word from our sponsors on the show today, and the first of which is BetOnline.ag. The offseason is here for the Atlanta Hawks in full force, but BetOnline is still the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is still in full swing at this point in time. You can track all the action, though, at BetOnline and beyond baseball. There is all kinds of interest from sport to sport, entertainment, and much more. Get all the latest news, the odds, and the information for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, F1, all that fun stuff. You can find it all at BetOnline. And on top of that, you have odds boosters, entertainment bets, the works. You can find it all in one place. Before the next pitch, dribble, or pass, head over to the BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their run to their respective playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. extra cash if you use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up at betonline.ag. Check it all out in one place, your best place to find all the sports action, the fastest, easiest, and best. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and we'll go to the individual player stuff at the end of the podcast here. And again, the supporting pieces, my general thesis is... You know, the guys who matter, I'll talk about the vast majority of the time on this podcast, Summer League, is not for results on the scoreboard, and it's also not really for supporting pieces. But I do want to at least acknowledge that Devon Coopercell is a guy that I like a lot. He was good again today. He had 11-6 with good defense. Just a rock-solid veteran kind of wing guy. Um, I wish he was in the NBA somewhere. Probably won't be for the Hawks, but certainly a guy who could play in the league and not look out of place. Um, I haven't loved the Jordan Bell experience so far. He's the biggest name of the big guys, um, you know, non-Jalen Johnson division, of course, but he was not particularly good in this game, I don't think, and his hands have been a problem at times. The Hawks actually went, went small, which we'll come back to later on in the pod, but um, there you go on that. And then I thought Lawson, who came in and played uh, ice cold, had not been around the team very long, and I certainly think that he was not necessarily dialed into the system stuff in what I saw, but he played hard, made some stuff happen defensively, was, act, was active and athletic, so keep an eye on him for sure in the coming days. Um, Skylar Mays had 16 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. Was efficient in this game. 6 of 11 from the floor and 4 of 7 from 3. Had a nice pull-up jumper, actually, early on in the game. Creating some space for himself. Had a, nice a, a nice contested pull-up 3 as well off the dribble. Had uh, Actually was leading scorer for the Hawks early in the game. Had 10 in about 9 minutes to start the game for Atlanta. And honestly, it was the best player on the floor for a large portion of the second quarter. Um, you know, Scholar's not going to be, you know, the highest upside guy in the world, but you saw a lot of what he brings to the table, his defense off the ball, his, uh, you know, his playmaking occasionally is, is pretty good. His finishing is always crafty around the rim, and he shot the ball well in this game as well. So I thought Mays was pretty good. Obviously not, you know, sort of the lead story here with Cooper and Johnson in play, but he did enough to certainly um, inspire some praise uh, in this spot. Um, we'll go to Cooper now. Obviously the hero of the game, um, with the game winner, but was also just good uh, overall. Twenty-one points, nine assists, eight of fourteen from the floor, five of eight from three. Six turnovers is a lot, but still not nothing crazy. Had five fouls, but he had a pretty miss, actually had a pretty bad miss in his first three, like kind of almost airball level, and uh, shot the ball great from there. Actually uh, got going with a pull-up jumper early, but from about ten feet, that looked pretty smooth to me. And they hit three threes in the, in the third quarter in a pretty uh, short period of time, plus the game winner. I'm not a mechanics expert as a shooter, but I definitely asked some people around to see if they thought I was crazy as well. I think he looks cleaner with his mechanics. Uh, his balance has been pretty good with, compared to with his college film. Um, I'm not sure what to take away from that other than it's probably a good sign. I think he's feeling confident. He talked about that a little bit after the game as well, that he's been... Uh, I, think he, I think he thinks that he's underrated as a shooter right now. That, I'm not sure that was the way, the way that he said it, but certainly he seemed to be uh, not worried about his shooting too, too much, but he's been working on that pretty hard, and that was obviously a, a, a strong takeaway In this game. Um, Elsewhere. uh, I thought that he's still showing the ability. Very obviously to get into the paint off the dribble. Kind of at will. Um, he wisely took Kiefer Sykes, who was actually uh, pretty tiny and a, a hero of the tournament, uh, the basketball tournament recently. But he's probably you know he's listed at six feet. He's probably five nine. Um, but Cooper was bigger than him. Took him in the post, drew a foul with a strength. I think he's an underrated guy in terms of his strength and physicality for his size. And he's not he's not incredibly small. I mean, he is he is small for sure. But um, Hawks fans used to you know I think he's probably you know Trey Young size ish guy. So not like incredibly tiny, but. Um. Also, just his ability to change speeds is impressive to me. He's not always going as fast as he possibly can. Even though he is very, very quick, but his patience was pretty good in this game. And again, his passing is just preposterous. Uh, the live dribble stuff, the angles that he finds, the way that he sees the game a, game, sees the game a step ahead of everybody else, uh, had, a nice, had a nice lob to Johnson transition, had a nice subtle lob actually later on to Jabin to Laurier that not everybody would throw. Uh, Matt Hill said the playmaking is what makes, makes him a special player. I agree with that. You know, Sharif has uh, definitely, his passing is just, you know, out of this world. And, you know, the shooting is definitely a swing skill defense as well. But the passing has been uh, on display for the most part. The turnovers, I'm okay with. You know, he's being aggressive. Obviously, at some point, yeah. uh, you'll want to take care of the ball a bit better than he has in the first two games. But I think he's been playing well and was quite good in this game. And we'll end on Jalen Johnson. Um, Jalen had 18-10 in this game with two blocks also at six turnovers, so the two of them come out for 12. That's a lot, obviously. Um, but it was 8-14 from the floor, and I thought played very, very well. Actually matched up a lot with uh, a real NBA player, O'Shea Brissett. Um Not a great NBA player, but it wasn't like he was playing against nobody in this game. as what I wanted to say with Johnson, who actually played again quite well. In fact, he played some center, including like almost the entire fourth quarter. And I actually asked both Matt Hill and Jalen John Johnson about the decision to play him at center. Which, you know, I think... In draft quarter circles, circles, there's always been kind of a theme that he could be a small ball center option. But Travis like talked about him as more of a combo forward earlier on. I think he's more of a four overall, but I thought it was interesting that they went small in this game. So here's Matt Hill talking about that. And then the shortly thereafter, you'll hear Jalen Johnson when I asked him the same question about kind of playing the five and uh, being able to function in that role.
1: It was really just what the game gave us. Um, and it was what was working. And I felt just like we needed. Um, shooting as much shooting out there as we, as we could have. But it did hurt us on the glass. Um, they had uh, 17 offensive rebounds. So it's a give and take. You, you don't want to live that way the whole game, but um, it just organically happened that that lineup was working and uh, he's a versatile player. And so you can kind of plug him in in multiple positions, which, which again makes him special. I love it. You know, it's fun. It's fun. You know, being able to move all over the court. Um, so, you know, I embraced it. You know, just it, it, it was the lineup. We, you know, the coaches thought it would work best.
0: Um, you know, we, we uh, executed pretty well with it. I will say that while they won the game. They were actually pretty much, uh, I would say, strongly on the negative in terms of the plus-minus stuff with its small ball lineup. I'm not sure it worked, and Hill talked about the rebounding and all that stuff. Uh, there are questions there. I'm not sure you want to play Jalen Johnson a ton at center, but it was an interesting look that I found um, you know, sort of unique in this game that they would throw that out there for as long as they did in the fourth quarter. Indiana was playing small, too, but uh, at least a nice little wrinkle to get into. Um, we saw some more aggression from his grab-and-go stuff for Jalen Johnson. He had a turnover on a long outlet attempt, but he was definitely being aggressive through that, which I like. Um, looked very comfortable with a fadeaway jump shot. Over contest, made a couple of those in this game. You don't want to take too many of those, but I think it's good to kind of work on that stuff and be aggressive and look for your shot and uh, you know kind of show that ability in this setting. Also had a nice baseline drive and finish in the first half at one point. Had a monster highlight dunk late in the first half on, the, on a fast break and then actually had another one quickly after that on a lob from Sharif Cooper. Um, defensively, certainly uh, more good than bad. I think his off-ball stuff has been a little bit uneven at times with some, uh, you know, some getting beat on cuts and stuff like that and off-ball stuff. But I think he actually took a pretty big charge with about two and a half minutes to go that I like to see and both Cooper and Johnson talked about their trust with each other and that chemistry that they've been building in the last couple of days and weeks. They are not like, you know, longtime friends. They played each other for a while. And Johnson talked about the fact that he's you know, he's kind of known Cooper's game. So they've kind of meshed quickly, which is good to see for Hawks fans, obviously. So a lot of positives. And I said this on Twitter. I'll say it again here, like very plainly. I think if you're a Hawks fan, you have to be absolutely thrilled with how Johnson and Cooper have both looked. And objectively, you look outside of the Hawks' bubble and people that cover the team every day like I do and like Sarah does and Chris does and Kevin Schnarr and other people and go national, people that I trust, there's a lot of people talking about Jalen Johnson as uh, you know a potential steal of the draft right now. It's obviously very early for that, But considering that I thought he was a lottery talent to go at 20, and the way that he's played through two games, there's no reason to slow down too much on that. I don't want to go crazy. I'm sure that people will go overboard a little bit with Summer League stuff, as they're often going to do. That's part of the fun, I guess. Um, But I think Johnson played quite well. I think Cooper looks the part of someone who should not have fallen as far as he did, as we kind of all said on draft night. Um, You know, again, you you don't want to go too crazy, but I think he looks the part of a guy that you will definitely want to see more of and be intrigued by. And uh, I think the value there was obviously all Awesome. so it's early it's two games in summer league you don't, want to over, you don't want to overstate it but I think both guys have looked very very good and you have to be very excited if you're a Hawks fan on what you've seen so far in Las Vegas they'll be back in action again on Thursday and they play again on Saturday and then one more time after that so they have five games uh, two in the books now so we're almost halfway home in Las Vegas summer league um, that'll do it on today's podcast I will come back um, maybe not till after the game on Thursday I'm not really sure how that's going to work out just yet so um, being on the road it's a little bit of uh, sort of flexible we'll say but please subscribe to the podcast that's the best way to find the show is to go ahead and do that on your platform of choice whether it be spotify or apple podcasts google Podcasts, stitcher odyssey anywhere you find podcasts and leave five-star feedback if you really enjoy the show also tell your friends about the podcast follow me on twitter at bt roland and again please stay tuned and we'll see you next time